Welcome to the pod, everyone. A shout out to SGS. Hey, Rusty, why are we uh, partnering with SGS? Uh, uh, some, some, some good people there. Pretty excited about their sports coaching courses and sports courses. Keen to make them industry ready so when people leave, they're able to go and transfer it to any kind of industries, coaching, teaching, being an analyst, business, whatever it might be. So I think, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty exciting times, really. So what's so special about their degree courses that others won't be doing? I think it'll be lots of uh, real good partnerships, uh, opportunities for people to, to get into different contexts and learn and practice. It'll be feel very applied. People will be stretched and supported and will leave you know, ready to just go and thrive in the uh, big old world out there. SGS College is the home of Bristol's higher education sports programmes. The programmes are designed to develop unique, innovative and creative sports practitioners ready for industry. Do you want to be a coach or teacher of the future? Start your journey here at SGS College and become more than just a graduate. Visit sgscol.ac.uk to apply now. Soaks, how are you, mate? Apart from hot... Yeah, nah, everything's going great here in Japan. Um, obviously, it's off-season and uh, I guess just really enjoying the time with the family and friends, but um, just slowly getting back into rugby mode for the next season. Nice. I, uh, I spoke to Max Caldas, the Dutch hockey coach the other day, and he said he goes to bed with 30 men every night and wakes up with 30 <laughs> men. And I'm thinking you're a little bit like that already. You're like, and I, and I know you love your family. Um, however, like you've got a lot of thinking about rugby going on, and obviously, like your lockdown coaches group would attest to that. Um, yeah, I'm sure yeah. you found it hard to spend time with your family, but also, also, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's more it's more when you wake up in the morning because usually my morning is all about um, just prepping for work, but also right now, man, you're just mate, I'm chasing my two year old. Mate, he's got a full nappy and he's trying to help the wife to get the breakfast right. So <laughs> a couple of new things in the morning at the moment. Definitely, uh, it's easier it's easier working in rugby than being a oh. <laughs> daddy day. <Wait. laughs> oh. Nice. And look, I was going to say, like, we'll start off with, like, well done. You guys have probably, I don't know, like, I don't know if you've exceeded your own expectations, but, like, getting to the final in Japan last year was was a big thing. I, do, I mean, what were your thoughts like, when you started the season? Um, I didn't know whether you would speak about outcomes or just like some of your stuff around your values. What were you hoping for? Yeah, we... we. I, I guess when you reflect it in terms of the last four to five season, and I, I think when you look at the results in terms of where we finished on the table, it's, it's been a steady incline. So... You know, that last season was, yeah, we were all, all, all confident in terms of, you know, breaking into that top four and actually challenging for that for that cup. Um, um, but I guess when you look at the, you know, some of the areas that we really worked on, man, we, we you know, our, our slogan last season was, you know, it was mastery. We called it mastery. So, so for us, mastery was about um, just purely focusing in terms of the process, in terms of what we do. And yeah, you know, we weren't really focusing in terms of outcome. Um, obviously, you know, the forwards and the backs would have certain KPIs and us coaches as well. But I mean, it was it was more just you know we talked about mastery, talked about process driven, 
um, and even making sure that you know players were were goal setting every week. You know, would um, last season would, would have a whiteboard, and then players would actually be um, accountable in terms of writing down um, goals for the week. And so, so, so it was you know it was a season that we. Would would take would would say a lot of success was actually taken up from that season, um, but I guess that homey design in terms of knowing that you know didn't get over that final hurdle in terms of uh, getting that trophy, but um, but overall it's you know it, it was it was great to actually break into that top four, but um, the battles that we won were actually the successes within the team. Yeah, you can uh, you can win without winning the competition. Um, you've triggered me on a couple of things. So as soon as you wrote down mastery, my first thing I wrote down, uh, coaches question mark, like, and you did say like there's KPIs for coaches. So like, where would, uh, I get the mastery for the players. Where, where would mastery fit in for the coaches? Like how would you reference it from a coaching point of view? Yeah. So for, so, so, so for, so for us, we talked about, um, you know, we we're mindful in terms of, you know, let's say example, for mastery, it was, you know, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? Um, so then, in terms of mastery, you know, we you know we 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 push them in terms of um, you know our, our skill sets, chasing the process, but also what were the players doing in terms of before before sessions and after sessions, and we'll, we'll, we'll actually highlight that. So you know, would 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 note would notice players. Sticking around doing extras, um, and we'll actually record that and actually show that to the team, because mastery is all about um, chasing in terms of um, that process. But you're not mindful in terms of how many reps you're doing, and you're not mindful in terms of how long it's going to take. Um, because mastery is more kind of it's it's almost these there's no limit to it. <laughs> You know, you're chasing something that that you highly desire, but you're never going to get there. But it's it's just the standard and it's consistency that you chase every week, every day. Um, that coaches and players are mindful of. Um, yeah, I but think again, I was, I was going to say, like, it, from a like, it's a, almost like the beyond the gate stuff. The reality is, yeah. if you added up how much training you did in the week as a team, let's say it's like four hours, which would be quite a lot. Oh. Uh, oh. And actually, you're, there's probably going to be some stuff that sits around sessions that you would want to be relatively like self-directed and yeah. owned by players. I mean, I, of yeah. course, when you said the whiteboard, I thought, why wouldn't that just be normal? But I, I know, of course, it's not normal uh, mm -hmm. for people to do that. Um, yeah. And again, so, so yeah, I mean, what, we, we, what just what would the players say to you? So would they like if I was to go and say like, give me four or five players, I'm going to go and quiz them on like Soaks and his mastery of coaching. What do you think they would say about you from a, your yeah, development? So, so I, I was quite deliberate in terms of what my session looked like. So, you know, who might, might, might look at from the outside and see things might be quite mundane, but the, but some some drills would actually, it, it, was, it was chasing our detail, chasing our process, and it was consistent in terms of what I did during the week, the following week, the next two weeks. Um, so, for example, um, our 
um, backs coach, you know, our attack coach, Slushy, his on on a attack day at, at training, we had a drill called 100 touches. So 100 touches was the same drill we did every week, every Thursday. And it was just constant, just touching the ball. And it was just a drill where it was just catching pass, scanning, seeing what's in front of you, um, ability to make the right calls. Um, and, and, and it would go for five minutes. In preseason, we would do that same drill for 10 minutes. And, and, and for us, it, it was, you know, we look at it, yeah, it, it would trigger in terms of our chasing, our chasing our process and also that mastery. Because when it came to week 43, you know, guys was guys were creaming it. And then, you know, we'll, we'll drop it down to five, drop it down to two minutes, and it'll be the same drill knowing that the boys um, understood what we are doing there, but also it, it put everyone into a mindset in terms of they knew that once we were, it was um, high intensity, um, you know, our skill set was high. But knowing once that was bang, boom, next job, um, um, we're off to our next job. Oh, well, the next drill. And, and the word chasing, is that a word you guys are intentional around? Like, we're, like I'm with you. Like, we're probably never going to get to the destination, unfortunately. And if we think we have, we're probably, like, we're pretty foolish because there'll be someone else who's, like, yeah. moving yeah. the game on a little bit. And we'll maybe get into, like, what tactics have you seen across the competition? But, like, is the word chasing, like, a, a key word for you? And I'm, I'm also curious, like, around your, like, how intentional have you been around your coaching language? Or yeah, so I, I, for me, it was more kind of language because you know we, we talked about um, before this in terms of our theming, and we're, we're real um, cautious as coaches and as also leaders um, in terms of what we talked about on that Monday. Um, you know what it sound like, and then. And then for us, it was making sure that there was repetition in our language in those sessions. Um, and then I guess when it came to a Thursday where us coaches would sit back and you'd, you would, um, you'd hear the, the, the leaders in terms of their messages, because I think that's almost a soundboard for you where, where you, when the leaders start talking your language and talking the right messages, then you know that you're hitting the right the right big rocks, but also hitting the right keynotes throughout the week. Um, because I guess as a coach, in terms of when you reflect on it, it's like, well, you know, come to a Thursday and Bernard Foley saying totally the opposite. <laughs> and obviously you weren't clear on Monday, Tuesday um, um, during the week. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, language is really important for us in terms of, um, you know, the timing, when to actually pull away from it, let the players run it, let the players drive it. And fortunately enough, we've got guys like um, Ryan Crotty, you know, he comes from a, a background where a highly successful team, you know, enjoys that whole kind of mindset, the theming. Um, and you, you look at someone like Malcolm Marks, where it doesn't say much, but, you know, he's got the ability to get his actions to um, do the talking. Hopefully that answers it. Yeah, mate, that's cool. And I've, I've written loads more stuff. And I guess it's like, it's a bit like sonar, isn't it? So like, you're just waiting to hear the echo back from the players. Like, yeah. has the stuff landed? Has it resonated? Is it meaningful? Is it helpful? Like, 
okay, they're using that language versus, mm. as you said, like, mm. wouldn't it be strange on Thursday if they were using like completely different? <laughs> as coaches, we maybe don't think about that enough. You say, and I'm going to pick up on like the impact of some of those players in a second. You, you just said big rocks. Like, what when you said big rocks, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so um, like, like in terms of Brit, so if I look at our uh, um, our forwards, and then and then let's say for example, our big rock this week might be have a big emphasis in terms of our lineup defense, force them to the front, um, and that and, and that'd be a big message in terms of what we do for our lineup defense that week, and also also for the game plan. But whereas for us, I guess is you know implementing it. Um, during the week, but actually seeing it unfold. Um, so I guess the big rocks is, is just highlighting a certain part where you, um, where you want the players to um, execute also your game plan um, and you're making sure you nail it during that week. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just rather than going big picture, it's just highlighting Two, two, two key things that you want to work on for the week and actually nailing it during the week. And how, how, how much of that, like, how much of that vary week to week? So, again, like, apologies, I, I haven't seen enough of the games to be able to go. No. Tactically, every week's different. So, what, actually, give me a percentage. Like, how much of it is you sticking to your DNA and how much of it is actually we've got some ad- adaptations this week that we think are going to be helpful? Yeah, I, I, I would say probably if, if I was to give it a percentage, I'd probably say in terms of DNA, I'd probably say I'd probably give that eighty percent, and then twenty percent in terms of having the ability to adapt. So looking from a lineup defensive perspective, um, you know you might have a not have a call where okay this week you know the your position you know pitches that we've seen will force if you force them to the front they'll they'll take it. But I guess you know you might have an, op- an option where you might just set a trap, make the picture that you're locking up the middle, but then know that you want to chase them to the front and have a go at it. So um, I'm 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 open that in terms of what the leaders see. Um, but I always go back in terms of yep, there's a certain DNA what we do on line at D, line out attack on mauling. Um, because I guess when you, we talk about DNA, it's it's, it's about what you're good at, and it's and it's drilling that in terms of your process, and yes, teams pick up in terms of this is what they're good at. Um, and for me, I don't mind that because I, you know, um, what you're good at, I feel that's you know you chase that mastery, um, rather than chasing a lost cause or, you know, you might pick up one percent during the game, but I guess that DNA might be your 80, 85, 90, 90% that actually works every week. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess, uh, and I've watched a fair bit of uh, Wayne, uh, Wayne Smith's team. Who did you? Mm. Got, is that the team you beat in the quarters, Kobe? Yeah. So yeah, we, we yeah we, we beat Kobe in that um, quarterfinal. You know, it was a game where oof, we we lost Bernard we lost Bernard Foley thirty minutes into the game, and it, it was a red card. So we ended up playing fourteen men against um, a team that was. You know, that scored the most most tries in the competition in the last two three seasons. So we, we had to defend with fourteen men, um, and we we eventually um, 
you know, kept them scoreless in big patches in the game. We end up winning that game, end up closing the game, we end up winning the game. So, you know, that, that surprised us, to be honest. But, I mean, we weren't surprised in terms of what we did um, throughout the season to get us to that point, you know, about our culture, about our environment. Um, but we go back to playing Colby, we, we, you know, we played them in that, in pre-season and we, you know, we, we had a, a game plan we felt that was, we executed well in that pre-season and we felt, look, um, generally this is, this, this works. And then we backed it um, and eventually got the, um, um, the win against Corby. So, because um, I, because I've watched quite a bit of that stuff and like some of yeah. the, because he's got some quite innovative like, shapes and I like some of the stuff he does with the forwards. Oh. Like, is that typical, having watched Japan play the Lions the other day? Like, I'm interested in, like, how the competition might compare to other competitions in terms of, like, ball movements, transition, you know. Oh. My, my sense is that, like, if I was to watch Wayne Smith's team and watch Japan, I would go, like, they're both aiming for high ball in play. Yeah, 100%. Skillful yeah. numbers. People trying yeah. to, like, the ball's moved away from contact pretty quickly. Their off-the-ball yeah. stuff is pretty good. Skill levels are high. Is that like generally the competition? And then are there, a, is there any South Africans in the competition? So there are other teams that like maul heavily, scrum for penalties, like rock solid defence. Is there, like what's the tactical mm. variety look like? Yeah, so 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 when I look at the top four teams that uh, in this in, in last season, so, so the team that won was Panasonic. So Panasonic have got a team where... Um, They've got a great defensive team and also great kicking game. Um, and their whole kind of tactical play, I felt, was probably one of the best in the competition. Um, and they actually got them over the line. Um, and then when you look at someone like Santori, still got the ability to play that as well, but also have the ability to play that high-tempo game if they if they want to. Um, and then when you look at someone like Corbett, um, so their, their secret recipe in terms of winning games is their position. They they keep the ball, they attack from from their goal line right up to the try line. Um, so they, they they starve opposition with, with the ball. They, they they want the ball. They want to play. Um, so overall, in general, in terms of top league, um, you know there there is a mixture in terms of you know your kicking game, your defensive game, teams that. Want to play at high risk in terms of ball movement, um, and then you know you got other teams that um, you know we look at in my team we we pride ourselves in terms of having a dominant more dominant scrum, but still have the ability to flip the switch and have the ability to play. So um, you know I, I think in general uh, when you look at um, you know the game against Japan and Ireland, you know it's that when you look at Japan's tries whole kind of transition from attack to D is, is, is world class. You know, the ability to, um, you know, make a defensive steal, bang, you're into your attack and vice versa. So um, it, it, it's, a, it's an attractive game to watch here in Japan. And how much, uh, like, influence does the national team have? So, like, how connected are you with the national team? I'm just curious, like... Yeah, so... So, so when you look at this, the, 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 the coaching staff in the Japan team, they're actually my, my Honda's um, coaching staff. So I play at the Honda's and, and, and these guys have, so obviously Jamie's brought them over and created, um, 
well, obviously, you know, what, what works for Jamie, he's, he's always going to bring his, his cattle in front of it. it works and it's great. Um, you know, the only times you probably get to really talk to them is actually, you know, they might give you a phone call and, and find out a couple of things about these players in terms of, you know, their, you know, you know just in terms of body weight, how they're going, injury, injury wise. Um, you don't really get to see them in terms of them coming over to the club and um, checking out how things are going. Um, but obviously, France will have a, a close, um, close eye in terms of contact with the the, the, national, the, the national coaches. Yeah, now it's just, I'm going to pick up on a few things. Let's talk about Mark and Marks, Ryan Crotty. Like, well, what do they bring to an environment? And like, I guess also, how are they? How are they developing the Japanese equivalents of Mark and Marks and Ryan Crotty? Yeah, I mean, I've, I, I can't, I can't speak. You know, like the the quality men for a start, um, and and they're our three cat players, Malcolm, Crotty, and and Bernard, and you know they're they're a big part in terms of our DNA and the way we play the game and. You look at someone like Malcolm. Um, you know, you watch him play, man. He's he's a man possessed. He's he's everywhere. Um, but in terms of him being a person, he's 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 one of the nicest gentlemen. Like I, I can't speak. You know, it's, you know he'll um, you know he, he he would help guys in terms of their lineup throws, and you know he'll he'll be the first one there in terms of his his prep. At trainings, just prepping in terms of throwing, and then if he, you know, he feels like that, you know, he, he might grab one of the hookers and actually, you know, help him in terms of his throwing. Um, after sessions, you know, he's got a certain, um, I guess, boxes to tick. You know, he'll do a couple of tackles, then he'll go and do a couple of jackals, um, just in terms of his routine, his prep. Um, just say so much about him in terms of being a professional. Um, but overall, when it comes to scrums, mate, it's mate, just the boy. <laughs> yeah, let him get on with it. Oh, I, just I, let him. <laughs> yeah, I said like, I, I, when we were in South Africa last year in the Super Rugby game, and I think he was injured, and he must have done a thousand selfies after the game. Like oh. he was like waiting patiently, like everyone was coming up to him. I was thinking, oh my days, like. It was at least an, it was at least an hour of self. Oh, wait, 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 that's him. Like it's it, it straight after games, also with COVID. I mean, you know, you, you look through social media, there's constant photos of Malcolm of just you know, <laughs> just fans of just you know just just being been around them. But then when you look at someone like Crotty and Bernard, you know they been really impressed in terms of as we said about Mal, um, Crotty in terms of his mindset, delivering his messages. Um, you know, there'll be games where he'll be on the bench and and, and Bernard will be starting. But the ability for him to still keep that mindset that he's prepping other guys that's playing his position, you know, whether he's on defense or on attack. And you can see it. When you stand back, you watch it. You see him just those, you know, that small talk, just helping others to get better. Um and, it, and it's just purely him as a player, you know, he just, just wants to grow a team, grow 
um, grow a culture um, at Kubota, and then and then and then now just he's just someone where he talks is real assertive in what he says, real assertive, real clear, um, knows when to pick his time when to talk, um, and then as we talked about, you know, sometimes you just sit back and just listen, and then bang, that's a big rock. Yeah, that's what we talked about on Monday. Boom, yeah, there you go. All right, let's go. Boys are ready to go. Nice. How, and how are you developing that with with the other players as well? So clearly, sounds like those guys are some people that are that are leading. Let's let's call it that. I don't know. Like, I'm curious. Like, how are you doing? Do you do a leadership group? Do you? Is it? Do people come in? Do people come out? Like, is it something you're intentional around? I know you've spoken a bit around this kind of Kiboto man and yeah. you know the value stuff. Like, how how does that all tie together? Yeah. So uh, what? As coaches, we we we're, we're mindful that you know you don't want to go hugely overemphasize in terms of your foreign impact, in terms of what they do, because we're we're mindful that yep they're in Japan, um, they're in an environment where you know three quarters of the team's Japanese, um, and our 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 leadership group. Um, it's a big. It's actually a big group. So, there'll be possibly. I'll probably say off the top of my head, there'll probably be seven foreigners, and the other seven eight will be um, will be Japanese. So we almost be half and half. Um, mixture of them in, in that in that Monday meeting, and and I think we're fortunate enough that we've actually got some good buggers in our team, um, both Japanese and foreigners. Um, and again, we, you know, we, we probably look back in terms of us as coaches. We we we, we, re, we rely heavily in terms of these these players actually driving things. So we're really mindful in terms of you know, yes, we've got our theming for the season, but in terms of if we want to bring down our theming, um, just narrow it down the week, then we open up to the force of the leaders. Let the guys talk. Um, the Japanese might not say that much. But then the foreigners are mindful that when they talk, they'll say something, but then they'll try and include the other guys into it um, to actually buy into it, let them talk, let them um, make decisions. Um, so, yeah, so, so, so for me, it's, 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 it's yeah, growing these guys because obviously um, Japanese players are really important in terms of, um, you know, actually buying into in terms of what what we're trying to achieve in the field hey will you tell everyone what you're up to at core 37 hi fletch we're a teamwear brand based in the northeast and we're the sister company of oddballs we've got the largest sports sublimation factory in the uk and we've produced for the biggest brands in europe over the past seven years but with core 37 our in-house brand you can now access those prices direct to the customer why would people use core 37 uh, if I was to pick three, Fletch, it would be our lead time of three to four weeks, our price, which is lower than anybody else in the industry, and the fact that we're made here in the UK. What's the stuff you're most proud of with Core 37? Oh, there's loads of stuff, but the, the key one for me would be working for a company that, that genuinely believes in its own mission statement, which is to produce performance sportswear at an affordable price. And then underpinning that is the people. Everybody who works here is involved in grassroots sport in some way. And so we generally care about what we're doing here. Fletch, why do you want to partner with Core 37? Uh, apart from the fact you're a Geordie, uh, great people, 
lots of people involved in sport, really affordable and top quality. Thanks for joining us, Wilkie. Anyone who wants to find out more can go and have a play on their website at core-37.com or they can reach out directly to tom at core-37.com. Yeah, I mean, 15 sounds like a really big leadership group. But yeah, it like really, like, I, th- I think often we get leadership groups wrong. We actually have a small group of people that sometimes shouldn't be in the leadership group, but it creates a lot of people outside it. I'm, I'm definitely mm. curious, like, why, fif- why 15? Why not 10? Why not two? Oh. Why not 20? Mm. Like, how did you oh. end up with 15? Is there 15 players on the pitch? Yeah, I mean, it's, but I mean, that, that, that also includes guys that, that are also going to run the opposition as well. So they're clear in terms of their role throughout the week. And we'll, we'll actually show those guys in terms of, okay, this is who we're choosing this week. So then everyone knows um, in terms of their role for the week. And that's from a Monday. You know, you know would, us coaches and, and the leaders would sit in terms of, you know, this is our game plan. You know, what's your thoughts? Talk through that. Yeah, this you know, this is the messages of Big Rocks we're looking at. Um and then okay, he's the team for the week. So that you know, once we walk out that door, we're clear in terms of you know who's our, who's in our twenty three, who's not in the twenty three. Um and knowing knowing your role once you go because once we get out, that's when we get our clarity done in terms of the opposite the opposition's doing, let's say for example, Santori's attack. What they do on defense, um, and then our twenty-three working on terms of our game plan, or strike some of that. So it is it is quite intentional in terms of that number, um, especially we're in a culture where um, you know I've, I've been here for ten years now, and it's you know when when the Japanese people they they actually want to know what's happening. And, and so, so even if it means just sitting in the meeting, not saying something, but for them just to be part of it, understand what's happening, and they'll just go, "Yep, you know, let's go next door." Yeah, I think that's like common, isn't it? That we like separate some people into different meetings and assume some other people are going to like receive the message. And and also got thinking a bit about like, like if you were to go to like lots of the East Asian countries, they they would be like like collect it would be collectivism versus individualism wouldn't it so it'd be really different oh. in, in england where we actually often value the individual versus actually the team and being part of it's like mm. is super important over there which got me thinking yeah. about a couple of other things like how do people deal over there like i guess one of the challenges of professional sport is being non-23 so mm. like what do you notice over there and i guess what have you done is there some stuff you've done as coaches to to, to help that because that is a challenge. Speak to lots yeah. of players who are like 24th man, which is even worse than being done 23. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we've got a squad close to 50. Yes. So, I mean, you know, once you're outside at 23, you know, I mean, you know, you've got a lot of guys missing out. So, and there's a lot of meetings going on that Monday just to let them give certain guys where some of those decisions as coaches, like we're making tough calls where, you know, it could be, you know, that much to get that guy in above this guy. It could be horses for courses. Um, so, you know, you know, ways, ways we've done it, um, you know, in terms of, 
making sure that they're still included. Uh, you know, we all go back to Alfemi. We, you know, Alfemi was was a battleship, but in terms of that battleship, to hold that battleship, these 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 is a thousand bolts. And so what we talked about um, as, as coaches and leaders was that you know, outside that twenty three. You, you automatically become the bolt, and then everyone there in that bolt has got a has got a purpose, has got a job that he's got to do that week, to making sure that, to making sure that our ship, our, our battleship stays intact and it's ready to fire on Saturday. Um, so we so 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 throughout that whole campaign, you know, it's it, it stuck. You know, we we called our our opposition the bolts, and the guys took a lot of pride in that. Because they they all of a sudden had an identity um, throughout the week, um, and it's you know it's and then you know we, pretty much the, the, the game day was actually during the week because they weren't going to play on, on Saturday, um, and then you know other ways to reward that and to, to making sure that it was still included would you know, would would reward would would would, would have a reward um, on on Monday you know the the, the bolts the bolts award. And that was just purely just just chosen from coaches in terms of you know it wouldn't be the hardest trainer during the week, but it'd be could someone that that we purposely just be there talking about the right messages, um, you know, just being around in terms of you know being being inclusive, bringing the guys together, you know, and and that guy could get the um, the bolts award, so. Um, you know, it, it's always a challenge those guys that miss out, but I mean, it's you know the ability to keep those those guys, I guess, happy because I mean, you know, you, you're never going to please everyone, but I mean, the ability if you get the majority on that battleship, be a bolt, um, is a high chance that things will go one the week. Yeah, no, so I heard of a club that they had uh, they were theming Tour de France and they had the yellow jersey for, uh, and the yellow jersey wasn't it was never won by a player in the. It was always whoever like coached the first team the best. So it could be, as you said, like a player that was like, he might've been, you know, let's say Bernard Foley wasn't in the 23 and actually he, he was helpful to people or it might've been mm. the player that, you know, when they played against the first team actually set them some challenges that were problematic that then kind of was helpful for the weekend. Got me mm -hmm. thinking about sure. like, the theming stuff like, like, what do you think that if I ask the players about about theming, what do you think they'd say about it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was quite. So at the start of our campaign, we when we sat with the leaders and we talked about the season in terms of this is how we're gonna um, theme our season. So we, you know, we we talked about a battleship and taking over Japan. And our battleship was was going to be called Mastery because that was our slogan. Um, and it, and it's quite a new um, and it was quite new to the Japanese players, but also the foreigners. You know, you know, a lot of those guys came from team environments where you know theming, you know, wasn't a new thing. Um, so you know, it, it took. From, from from my gut feeling, it probably took you know the first probably three four weeks, especially during preseason, to get the to the guys to actually really buy into it. Um, 
But I guess in terms of getting them to buy into it was, you know, just no different what we talked about, the bolts. You know, actually, you know, let them uh, understand what does it look like, you know, you know, what does it feel like, what does it sound like. So we highlighted that in terms of um, what it looked like, you know, but but that that allowed it to actually stick on the players and and making sure that, that our feeling actually um, pushed through. Um, but again, we also spoke to the leaders about that as well. What yeah, was that? What were, what were the what was the players' involvement? Were they involved in the theming? Of, were they co-creating some of it? Were they? Yeah. So I mean, it, it was. It, 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 so so over, so the overall theming was actually driven by the coaches, and then during the week, in terms of our messages, and you know, we would talk about. Um, Settings like say so one week we we had one where it was setting the control the control room on fire. So each battleship's got a control room. So you're playing this opposition. It's like hey, all right, we're targeting their control room. Their control room this week is their mauling. We 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 suffocate their maul. We force them to the front. You know we give them this QB. You know the attack they can't get they, they can't get up to width. Um. And it was stuff like that. We would, would, would ask players, okay, does that does that ring a bell? Does that stick? And that'd be on a Monday. Um, and then sometimes some of the, some of the players would come up with, you know, it's really great messages that would that would help that theme. And then bang, you know, would say, yep, sweet, let's go with that. Um, and then straight away, that, that's your empowerment because you're empowering your players. You've asked them, players come with with, with, a, with a solution, you know. Players, their, their, their peers agree on it, and then bang, you're off. Um, yeah, we had so was, uh, Dave Sharkey on with Joe last night, and he said the players have already started asking, what's this season's theme, which I love. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, like, how do we get the players to own it? You know, a significant portion of it. He spoke a lot about the sub-themes, so like the control room, as you've said it, or the Tour de France might be like, you know, Eddie Merck's getting knocked off a cycle or... Uh, different things then the other thing he said that I really liked was like you've got to know when to dial it up and dial it down in long seasons yeah. you've got a mm. different season as is super rugby whereas if you're in France or England it's a longer season so mm. you can't be spinal tap like volume 11 mm. the whole time sometimes mm. you might be like two or three like it's just it's just simmering at the moment type stuff yeah yeah I mean it's Obviously, last season due to COVID, it was it was slightly sh- shorter season, um, and then sometimes as a coach, you you, you, you feel it that okay, all right, um, yeah, it's like oof, you, you sometimes probably running out, not not running out of ideas, but then it's like okay, all right, you know, the the, the juice is the, the juice is slightly um, <laughs> but stale here, and then you know, I think I think that's where you really open up to your to your coaches and your players. To actually get them to actually, okay, right, this is what I'm thinking. You know, what's your thoughts? And then and that's where I feel where, you know, you, mate, you, you get your moments where, yep, yeah, mate, that's that's spot on. Let's go over. Yeah, I think if a coach had to do it all himself for a season, then obviously, like Sharks has done a season with Ronan O'Gara, like a couple of things, like either, I mean, I think it's a lot of resource to do it really well. So it might mm. not be you as a coach. But also, yeah. like, it's your personality a bit as a coach, isn't it? So sometimes yeah. 
like my sense is Razor would be pretty good at it versus like there'd be other people that would like find it really challenging to do. So it's finding okay. the right people to get excited about it and bring it to life. Yeah, so we, our, our, our analysis, he's is a bit of a genius in terms of creating these images and these videos. And then we would show that on, on, on game day. So, you know, our France, our head coach would, would, would sorry, quick, uh, quick few words. And then that, that video would, would always finish on that video. Um, because us, us, us coaches won't see that video before on, on Saturday, but it's, it's important in terms of the analysis guy getting in alignment with, with the coaches, with the leaders. Okay. All right. Is this the right message? Yep. Okay. And then we just let him actually do his magic. And once that plays on a Saturday, mate, the boys are hissing. They're, they're, I mean, <laughs> they're ready to fight. <laughs> Not even at the stadium. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, so, sorry, I agree. It's, um, you know, there are times where you need to tone it down, but also the ability where when you're actually presenting to the to the full, uh, to uh, to the players, you know, you might not be detailing what you say, but it might be a bit more kind of mindset driven in terms of um, let's say on a Thursday, I'm I'm quite mindful where I might not say that much, but in terms of detail, the detail's already done on a Monday and Tuesday, but once you hit Thursday, you're a bit more kind of driven in terms of mindset. How does the theming tie into that? Um, you know, short and sharp clips where these clips are nice and positive. Um, this is what they do. This is what we're going to do. And then bang, you're off. Yeah, the word, I'm giving a lot. The word details like sends a shiver through my spine. Partly because I actually think that, um, so I've, I, I was in a club recently and actually some real good analogies and theming for the week that painted really good pictures in people's heads. And I think that is detail versus like the coach who stands up and goes right your foot goes here this goes here this goes here but like detail is you know perhaps getting the whole team ready to fight before kickoff mm, mm, how do you mm. how do you paint those pictures in people's heads and yeah. I, I think we under we probably underestimate or undervalue like analogies mm. stuff that paints pictures theming as a way of coaching, storytelling, I think we don't think it's got enough technical information in it sometimes. Well, of course, yeah. you would know that, like, <clears throat> you can have all the best, like, plans in the world, but if people aren't willing to fight, then, no. then it's no, a waste totally of time, quite frankly. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, so what we did this season, we, we invested in a mental skills coach this season. And... And his name's John John Quinn, and John John Quinn is actually the mental skills coach for the Crusaders. So what we did during the season, and this was we we kicked off this in week, well, I'd probably say week, we had forty three weeks. We probably kicked it off in week, I'd say I'd say probably week eight nine. So John Quinn was our mental skills. Obviously with COVID, um, we couldn't get him over, but. Um, um, we, we put a lot of effort in terms of Zooming. So we Zoomed with him once a week. This was the players and also... Um, so he, so he would Zoom with the leaders early in the week and then he would, he would um, hit the players uh, no later than Thursday, but making sure um, we were clear in terms of messages and, and also mental skills of goal setting, um, 
But then his messages that, that, that he would talk about would actually align our theming as well. And that was quite powerful. Um, what do you mean so, by that? What do you mean by it would align your theming? So, so, so we talked about um, our theming. So you, you talked about sub, sub theming. So would we clear that on that Monday? But then John would also get that message as well. So before he spoke to the players, he was already on the same page. So whatever he talked about, he would also hit that as well. So the boys would get another hit. And we, we, we did that whole season. We did it for 43 weeks. So we, so we Zoomed with him. Um, you know, there'll be weeks where we'd just be the leaders. So the leaders will, will infiltrate throughout the team in terms of those messages. Um, every week's where we'd divide the teams into two two groups. And 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 then and then would zoom, but the zoom zoom session would only be 30 months, no more than 30. And every time it'd be 20 months. But it was just enough to stimulate the players, making sure they were aligned and what we um yeah, it was, it, was my, it was all about getting that mindset right. But also, we, you know, we also talked about growth mindset as well, um, which was massive for us this season. And then um, I felt it was one of the um, one of the successes because, you know, the Japanese, again, were quite 50-50 at the start. But once we it stuck, then, man, it was, it was, it was probably one of the best decisions that, um, that, that we made at Kubota. What did that? What did that look like? And by the way, before you answer that, like, have you ever played in teams where people haven't been on the same page? Because I guess with the, oh. especially with the theming stuff, like, it can become something that's quite plastic, in my opinion. So oh. have this theme. It doesn't connect to anything else. It doesn't connect to us, us and who we are. We've got this mm. separate mental skills thing over here. We got some values over here, and then oh, we got some lists of like oh. stuff for attack, some oh. lists of stuff for defense, and like, if I'm a player, I'm like. Jeez, oh, oh. you're all over the place. Have you been? Oh. Have you been in those environments as well? Oh, yeah, no. Well, I mean, I mean, I've been in plenty where you, know, you talk about your values in pre-season, and then and then you won't you won't hear any of it until end of the season review. <laughs> until it goes wrong. Until it goes wrong, exactly. Until things go wrong, <laughs> then you start talking about oh, where's our accountability? Where's our trust? Where's our care? It's like you know, shit hits the fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I just go back in terms of, um, the, the, you know, it, it was it was quite it was consistent in terms of we talked about in terms of mindset with John throughout the um, throughout the, the campaign, um, but also us coaches as well because him being at New Zealand, you know, you, you could have the Zoom session, but making sure us coaches actually drove that as well in our sessions. Um, it's, let's say, for example, we talked about, um, we talked about um, triangle success. So the triangle success was these three things. To it. it was skill set, mindset, and structure. So th th those are the three things that um, that was quite consistent in, in what John spoke about um, in his Zooms. But then, you know, for us coaches, being in the hot seat, you know, it, it could stop it, John. <laughs> that triangle success. But if, if you're not doing it in the session, you're not presenting it, not talking that same language, then there's no point of doing it. So, you know, it, there was a big emphasis in terms of us coaches also driving that as well. When you say um, coaches, and, 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 
Does that include S&C? Does that include uh, an analyst? Does that include physio? Is that everyone as I just go to? Yeah, I, I, I would... I would I'd probably say coaches, but I mean you know yep would would probably say there's there's still room improvement there. Let's say for example our physios, um, but purely I actually felt that there was a big big shift in terms of the coaches, and also and also our management because the management also you know were actually buying into it, um, which 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 I felt was a big shift in mindset. So um, you know. For me, I saw a lot of growth in, the, in, in a lot of our, our coaches and in our management. Yeah, what I mean, what would it look like again? What would the, if I was to come and watch? Like you guys coach post COVID, uh, nice trip to Japan on my way to New Zealand. <laughs> what uh, uh, and then Canada? What um, <laughs> like? Have you developed your co-coaching? So it sounds like you've definitely like doing much more stuff away from the pitch. A great yeah. language talking about like what are the big rocks? Then let's let's transport you onto the pitch. Like, as, do you feel like that's evolved as well? Yeah, it, it's it's. I, I guess when we talk about evol- uh, evolving on the field, um, I'd say for, for myself as as Ford's coach, because I also look after the um, the collision stuff. So in terms of co-coaching, like would would our scrum coach? You know, last couple of seasons would purely just be scrum coach. So whereas, you know, these last two seasons, especially this last season, you know, he would actually look after some of the collision stuff, the contact stuff. Um, so 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 I guess it was more for us as saying more kind of system coaches. Because my role last year was was purely forwards, but the ability to actually um, to tap in this area, but again, still be aligned with your coaches. This is our big rocks for the for our defensive stuff. Okay, this is what we want to chase. Okay, you run it. Or if the if you've got a bit uh, a better solution to it, then bang, it's it, it's run of it. Let's go with it. Um, yeah, that's probably one one area that we actually evolved around. But also really mindful that you know there's only um yeah there's only well, I guess yeah there's five coaches of us, but. Um, France doesn't doesn't do any coaching at all. He, he's you know he, he manages us, but in terms of four coaches on the field, were the, were the ones that got a heavy reliance on one another um, to making sure that we're we're prepared, really to go on, on Saturday. Yeah, I always think with scrum coaches, like, and definitely keen to know how your roles evolved. But like, I sometimes think of them as like novice coaches, like when it mm. comes to the other parts of the game, because they're basically like. Like obsessed with scrums, their scrum badges. It's all they talk about. But then, if you were to get a scrum coach to go and coach a line out, or to coach some contact, or to coach it, I mean, coach attack. Oh my god! Like oh. it's like a new world to them. So oh. I think like trying to find ways of and apologies. It's just my way of thinking about this. Oh. Like, often with scrum coaches, like we need to help them have traction in sessions when sessions become what they think is more chaotic. So actually mm-hmm. giving them some contact or a skill area or yeah. something and I'm generalizing but that's what I've seen with scrum coaches yeah. whether it's something you've done uh, yeah so I mean so 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 what we did this this season we um so we we changed our our flow and our in our unit sessions and so what what we did different was and and, and this is what I, what I learned during lockdown just through our zooms 
um, was the ability um, to have a block where I, I'll call it a uh, I'll call it the A to B block. So the A, a to B block would be a block where it only would only be eight minutes, but the ability to go from two minutes line out where it's it's hot, it's it's on the go, and then bang, you go next two minutes into a contact drill. And then, and then you're under pressure there, but also making decisions in terms of what's in front of you. And straight off that, you go back straight back to your lineup. And, and that's no rest. And then bang, straight after that, you might go to another collision where the collision might be a bit more kind of defensive um, uh, mindset. And we also did that um, with the scrum as well. So having the ability, yep, bang, scrum, but having the ability to change it change that um, scenario back into um, catch and pass, um, you know, keep me hips squared, making decisions on the go. Um, and, and, and that's where I felt um, as coaches, we, we, we definitely evolved around that because that also helped our, our, our big picture in terms of our attack, our 100 touches, um, ability to have our transition from attack to defense. Um, and yeah, so, so yeah, so, so for me, you know, that, that was probably one of the, um, the successes coming up from, from this, from, from this um, last campaign. Did you feel like, like you were getting transferred to the pitch from actually the, you know, training slightly differently. And again, it would mm. be like probably be a bit of a shock to the players in Japan to, to train like that as well. I would imagine. Yeah. Well, I've just said, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's almost. I mean, you, you you've almost got to mirror it back in terms of you know playing the game. So, yeah, you, know, you go from a scrum, but the ability to go from a scrum straight into a um, getting around the corner. You know, you come around the corner, you threes having the ability to make a decision in terms of getting squared, seeing that space. You know, do you plus, do you throw your minus, and making those uh, those decisions. I mean, it's. Um, having that, you know, having that ability where okay, coach the way you want to play. Um, whereas in previous years, I'll just purely just go one block would be line out, and you're throwing a ball for 15 minutes, <laughs> and then after that, all right, brother, we'll still bang. He's another 15. Let's go scrum. Um, you're like laughing. That, that, I think now, but it was perfectly normal before. <laughs> what uh, what I was going to say is, and I've, I've been talking about this with hockey, like. I actually think the the best way for us to influence the future of coaching is to influence young players these days so mm -hmm. that, like, they could probably, like, hold their coaches to account a little bit more. They'd have a bit mm -hmm. more understanding, but also it would make them better players. Like, again, like, are you reflecting on this now, looking back on your career and going, oh, I knew a good player if I played to you. Like, but do you think you would have been better if you'd known this stuff? Oh, 100%. Do you think I mean, you would have been I, I, I would have been frustrated, but it was more kind of um, understanding the bigger picture in terms of you know, what what's the team trying to trying to um, trying to trying to create. But say, for example, in terms of the way you want to play the game, because sometimes as a player you just want to catch the ball, you just want to pass, or you want to carry, make your tackles. That's it. You're happy. Go home. You're done. You, you've done your twenty-three tackles in the game. Yeah, you, <laughs> you took you your boss. <laughs> Just the stuff that they measure you on, they put them on the wall, yeah. they talk about yeah. it. Like, I've done it. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I've done it. No, I'm all good. 
but it's 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 you know it's double stuff where um because you know of 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 captain teams but then you know did i really know uh, leadership back then in, in terms of what i know now probably not definitely not uh, there's another one like so we started running some courses uh with uh over here, that's a leadership and coaching level five course. And like, we got quite a few like young players who are going from academies into first teams and they're going to jump on it. And I mean, oh. it would be really helpful for them because I'm thinking about Ryan Crotty, like all the stuff you're doing now is definitely going to help him be a good coach. Yeah. I mean, I mean, wants to be a coach. If, yeah. I mean, if, if players can actually, you know, tap into that, then, then, you know, I mean, you're going to get players where they're going to add value. You know, they've got a better understanding, awareness around them in terms of the environment, the culture, um, you know, the way you want to play the game. It's and, and, and again, I mean, you can see you can see that in players, the, the players that have got that. You know, you know, for me, I see that in, in Ryan. I see that in Bernard. Um, and it's amazing when you when you see that too. It's like, man, this you know, this guy's pretty much a coach. Yeah. <laughs> So annoying, isn't it? Like awareness is yeah. like I don't think uh, I had awareness till I was about forty-three. Oh, yeah. um, it's sad. Yeah. And, and despite uh. the fact that lots of people are trying to raise my awareness of stuff, you, you've uh, you've mentioned culture. Like, um, what? Like, what do you mean by that? And I guess like where does that sit within your kind of coaching role? Yeah. I, I, for, so for me, um, not. not Culture for me is, uh, is really important. I mean, I, I guess that word's been thrown around a lot and, and it's always been said in every team, really. Um, but well, I guess, every, oh, team, oh, every team has a culture. Yeah, it has a culture. Like it or not, it yeah. exists. Yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and, then for, and then for us, it was just hiding key, key values, key attributes in terms of, you know, what we want to portray, portray ourselves as a person. So we, we, we talked about the Kubota man these last couple of years, but then we last season we nailed it down to uh, I, I I take control of it, but then also the ability to actually to to drive it and and grow with it with, with the coaches and the leaders. And so we 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 I came across um, we call it the best man. And and funny enough, you know, I I've good credit. I got this credit. I got this from Pat Lamb in terms of lockdown. You know, you talk about the best man in terms of what is the best man? You know, it's, it's the guy that you know, he, he knows you from, you know, from from a young age right through to right now. You know, he's, he's, he's the guy that's, you know, he does your speech at your wedding, but the guy that's going to have a beer with you at three o'clock in the morning, he'll, he'll call you at three o'clock. <laughs> you know, it's something that you, you care about, you love, respect, um, and he competes with you. He you know is some of that you've probably played rugby with, and also you know, um, you know, you know, you probably, probably chase chase the same bird. <laughs> so, so, so for us, I, I, you know, we talked about our best man, and um, and 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 we, we we stuck with it throughout the whole season, but also making sure that those values were actually alive throughout the season. Um, so what 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 I did throughout the season was we. Um, we'd, we'd talk about care and love. So this would be either on the Tuesday, Thursday session. And this is actually so it'd be, it'd be before the session. I'll, I'd get up there and 
or either be myself or another coach. So we'll talk about love and care. And we'll talk about in terms of just giving an example. So, you know, one of the questions would be, you know, who's, who's someone that you're, that you, that you, that you're grateful for in terms of getting you here? You know, it could be your parents, could be a caregiver, your partner, or your wife. But then we'll get them to actually talk that to your to your best man. So I'll get them in the groups of three, and they'll discuss that in terms of love and care. So these guys are actually connecting as well at the same time. You know, talking about be you know, and it's good because the guys get quite you know, it's quite vulnerable. You're sitting there, you're opening yourself um, to, to times of where yeah, you're sitting there going, wow, yeah. I mean, didn't really think about that. Um, but then also highlighting it in terms of what does it look like on the field. Um, you know, we, we highlight Im- images of players actually, you know, saving saving a try. You know, sprinting twenty meters out to make that tackle to you know let the opposition get pushed to the sideline, and then straight away you show that, and then it's um, those values and behaviours that we chased um, throughout the whole the whole campaign in terms of our best man, and it's stuck. And the players talked about it again. You know, our language um, was really important around that whole best man. Is uh, is is this detail, by the way, or not? I'm being grateful, but I, I think this is detail. Like, I think this is like yeah. this is stuff that's helping performance, isn't it? Oh, it is. I mean, it's... It's probably helping performance more than some other stuff, like... (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like... So, so like, in terms of environment, we... So, because also COVID and, you know, so our best man, then we talked about, okay, how do we connect with our best best man? And then, so we highlighted that as a group in terms of, okay, what... so our connection with our best man, you know, obviously um, our communication, but also the ability to listen, you know. You know, when that guy talks to you, man, you're, you're all ears. Um, you know, when you're in the locker room, you're having that small talk, you're connecting. Um, you know, we always talk about if you're going to go for a cafe, grab a couple of guys with your best man, go have a coffee, go have a beer. Um, but then we also talked about being positive, like, like to connect, you're never going to connect with someone that's negative. So we always talk about being positive in terms of being in the environment, off the field, be positive, because you're always going to connect with someone that's positive. Um, and also being mindful that these guys are still company workers, that you're also still connecting with your, with your guys um, outside of rugby, you know, your, your work colleagues. Um, so we're really big on that. Um and also, we had certain events throughout the year that we drove that, driving our connection with our best man. Um, and, and I felt personally that was stuff that actually got us over the line. In, detail, in mate. Let's call it detail. Yeah, uh, detail. Uh, 100%. I got two questions to finish. One is uh, what are you most proud of in the season? Uh, I got three questions. What are you most proud of? If you could change one thing, what would it be? And what are you going to add to your coaching locker next? Three questions. So what are you most proud of? I get You get a chance to replay the season. You can change one thing, one moment, one decision. And then uh, what are you going to add to your coaching locker next season? 
stepping stone in terms of going forward and that, that was massive for us um when i say culture it was also getting the players to drive that as well um for example bernard bernard actually he, he, he had an event where he called it the tokyo he called it the tokyo olympics but it was the staff so he would have games every 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 fourth week and it was just purely just to take the mickey out of the coaches <laughs> <laughs> And, we, and, and stuff like that, you know, that, that, that brought us together, you know, and, and it was purely just his idea. Yeah. No. So, and, and that was like great. Events against to the members. Oh, events. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, which one were you the worst at? Oh, mate, <laughs> there, was, there was a, uh, I, I looked over and it was pull-ups and I was just like, oof. <laughs> I looked over there. I quickly shied away from that and the boys were into me. Um, but I mean, it, it was it, it, it was just great fun because, you know, he he, he knew what the environment was so important to to, to him. So then he, he just came to us and goes, mate, let's run this. But he kept it quiet and he, he just popped it one week and like, oh, here we go. <laughs> good way to uh, good way for coaches to show their vulnerability by being oh, said oh, so, so so that's probably what I'm. I'm proud of in terms of the players having the ability to step up and take take control of it. Nice. Um, replay, whole replay. Yeah, replay. replay. I'd probably I'd probably go back to that to that semi-final. Um against Suntory. Um yeah, I look back at that game and you know, especially the week before that, you know, we, we played a high possession game against Corbe. And the guys were, you know, were really excited about that. And because you because we won that, we got that over the line. So, and we we highlighted that against Suntory, where um, you know we pride ourselves we can play two styles, have the ability, but back on defense, kicking game, or okay, let's 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 keep that ball, let's play. Um, and we and you know for us we stick to our guns, we 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 back the players in terms of their decisions. Whereas you look back at a game where okay could we be a bit more tactical in terms of um, you know, finding space in behind, um, backing our defense, play a bit more territory game. Whereas Suntory did that to us. They kept us in our 22. They, all our lineups were inside our 22. Um, and it was a game where, you know, you just, you just, you just got to back the players sometimes. You know, it's like, man, that, that's your, that's your values. I mean, that's your philosophy, you know, it's play driven. If they see that, you know, let's keep the ball, let's play. So it was one of those games where if I can replay that again, you know, do I do I do I talk to the leaders at halftime and say, hey, you space and pond, let's find that space, you know, let's play one, two phases, let them come forward, let's kick them behind. Um, yeah, it's just one of those games where you know if the player's got their gut feeling to go with it, you're just gonna back it. Nice. And what are you gonna add to your coaching this year? What's the thing that you're curious about? I know you're a curious man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I've been thinking about it in terms of you know what's what's going to be new this season, and um, yeah, to be honest, I'm still I'm still thinking about it. It's, but it's you know, it's I think what's important for me is reviewing the season with my leaders, um, 
picking up a couple of few things that we feel like it's going to add value to what we're already doing and actually just nailing it. Um, you know, there's, there's probably no secret recipe to it. Um, but again, it's just um, being clear with what we want as a group and then taking that forward. Um, but again, you know, I've still got a couple more weeks under me to connect with coaches like yourself and find a couple of golden nuggets to, to take me forward into the season. Nice, mate. And of course, plenty of time to practice your pull-ups. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, um, I, can mate, it's me. I can do three pull-ups, so I think <laughs> you could probably beat me. Mate, I might, I might film myself doing those pull-ups and I'll send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be able to do 18, but then when you have shot... Oh. When you have shoulder oh. operations, it's it's all gone, isn't it? Oh, mate, I've got um, bad Achilles. My Achilles is oh, it's it's, it's killing me at the moment. But it's um, yeah, it's yeah, the pull-ups. The boys, the, the boys are getting to me again. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> right, look, it's been a pleasure. Great to catch up again, and like, yeah, let's. Um, we'll definitely catch up in Zoom in the next couple of weeks, anyway, and see if we can fill your mind with some stuff. No, please do. No, always uh, good to chat, man. It's, oh, yeah, I'm one of those guys where if it's true in the fat on footy, man, I'm, I am could go for another couple more hours, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, your, your wife and kids might disagree. Uh, and enjoy, <laughs> mate. You'll obviously get to see your ex teammates at the Olympics as well. So I'm sure you're yeah. looking forward to that as well. Yeah, I've, I've, I've messaged Tomasi and, um, just to, just to um, find a time to catch up, but it just sounds like that COVID's just, yeah, there's a lot of red tape. Um, obviously, they've taken away fans. So, to, yeah, so there'll be no fans at all at these games now, So, which is a pity, um, but it is what it is. But, oh, um, yeah, that sentence comp's going to be interesting. It's going to be, yeah, we, I've, I've seen some of those teams. You look at that USA team, it's like, oh, some guns there. Fiji. So it's, yeah, Fiji. Africa, but, like it's yeah, so oh, yeah, so now nah, it's going to be a great um Sims tournament, mate. We'll look, enjoy, and we'll catch up soon. Yeah, awesome. Cheers, Rusty.